There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 10th, 2013. For newcomers, I always suggest you look into the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You find lots of audios for free download, well over a thousand. And I go through the system, the big system we're born into, and I show you how we're, we're run to basically a schedule by big foundations, big private organizations, uh, and of course the big banks that must work with them too. And how these organizations were founded a long time ago, about a hundred years ago. Actually they're older than that, they came out into the open under very official sounding names like the Royal Institute for International Affairs. And its counterpart, or, or its partner actually, the, the CFR for the US and other countries. And how they planned a long time ago to make a global society to suit themselves at the top, of course, and train the public to fit into it. And um, it's almost like hammering the public at times, but that's the way it goes. And how they have very official ceremonies, this is like the Royal Institute for International Affairs, they've got a royal charter to exist in their words, but we don't elect them. And yet they have think tanks across the world. Uh, their, their massive organization has uh, not just think tanks, they have lots of journalists that are on board with them, they're members of it, to make sure we all get the same standardized news across the world, to go along with the big global agenda, even to do with wars and so on. They're all pro the pro-wars and the takeovers of countries. And it's really, it's wars um, basically for all resources that are going on right now too. Plus countries that uh, were first world are now going totally broke because we live in a debt system uh, which is meant to go broke eventually. The bug boys are not stupid, they know where it's going, but they always manage to bring in a new system like the Phoenix Bird and uh, and give you themselves again or a different guys. And of course they've, they've planned all this as well as we go through this present come or takedown. So remember too, you bring me to you, you can help me take along by getting the books I have in the disc at cuttingthroughmetries.com or you can donate, and uh, I go through the art of chronology down through the ages and the reality check and so on that I put out there and cutting through the matrix. So uh, you'll find out how a lot of it's been done. These, these arts are ancient, actually, how to manage uh, vast crowds and even nations and empires of peoples through various techniques. And I go through old ancient religions, too, and many of the earlier talks, all up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can also get print-ups of a lot of the talks I've given if you go into the same site. And you'll see Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, which gives you transcripts for print-up in all different languages from the talks I've given. All the other sites listed there, the official sites, have it in English only. But we live through a system that's planned, as I say, and, and that's what really gets people eventually. They think it's just politics as usual. They think it's just uh, opposing forces. 
going at it to change the system. They, 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 and of course, that's the way you're supposed to think about it. That way, of course, people don't have revolutions anymore and, and revolts. They simply hope they vote the next guy in that's better than the last guy. And so you, you vote for one party that promises utopia, and then you vote for the next guy who does the same thing. So, and then they're out, of course, when you realize that you're not getting utopia at all, or it's more of a dystopia that brought in. So that's the trick, of course, of politics. And I've, I've gone through the, the, the books of Carol Quigley, the professor, who was the historian for these big organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations. They have their own archives of history because they fill in all the blank bits uh, that's, that's missing from all your regular news or your school history books. It tells you why the wars were fought, who financed them, who gained from them. And they're all big top members of these same organizations that he belonged to himself. He was all for it, actually. And he even goes into the histories of how they started up uh, the Boer War and other wars afterwards to, to take over resources across different worlds, uh, continents, I should say. So we're, we're still going through it today as uh, all the public works of different kinds, water and, and so on, and power all are privatized. This is the age of privatization. And uh, the public are never consulted about it. Do you mind if we sell off, which is supposed to be the public's water supply that they, they and their, their predecessors or ancestors have paid off and had a built? Uh, of course, it's just getting privatized and sold to not the highest bidder necessarily. They're all insiders. Everything's worked in advance on a big scale when it comes to these kind of things. And to get, them, to get these resources for peanuts. And of course, they sell it to the public by saying too that this is going to make things cheaper. It never is, of course. Things double in no time at all, triple, and so on, and just keep going because there's no control over them. So we're going through a massive change in the world system. It's a world system, and most folk don't realize that many of the laws passed and pushed are from private organizations in league with the World Health Organization or the United Nations, and the, the treaties are signed. And then they implement them onto you. You have no say in it at all. And it always reminds me of George Orwell's book 1984, where he said, the proles don't count. The general public don't count. They're called the silent majority, in a sense. They've taken life the way it's, it's um, presented to them from birth. And many folk never look past that. It's quite natural, too. Because you have the top uh, psychologists, behaviorists, uh, neuroscientists now are in, in it too, working with us with, and with marketers. And you have the Sunstein type guys who are doing your nudges to make sure you, you adopt politically correct ideas and go in the right direction. You're bomb, being bombarded all the time from childhood. And most folk never clue in that there's anything exceptionally wrong. In fact, they don't even know what's happening to them. They simply adopt the attitudes and the opinions that are given to them because most folk have a natural herd instinct. It comes from being tribal at one point, even small tribes, and um, no one wants to stand out. You want to go along with all your peer group and, of course, even gear it to the different classes from the upper classes. They have their own particular brands in the middle and then the working classes too. So we're, we're, we're completely understood. And uh, as I say, it's an ancient technique but since the internet, of course, they really had a role because now they have everyone's personality profile uh, daily up, uh, updated by you uh, on, on your chats and your tweets and in your, your, your sites and so on. And they know pretty well all about you because you must be predictable, you see. And the world that's coming in is not the world 
It's hard to hear actually much of it. It's not the world that you would perhaps want. And um, we see that the massive intrusion now of social work agencies into families' lives, for instance, and there's no doubt a lot of families definitely are dysfunctional now as we go through the, the old cultural takedowns to go into the new. And people are awfully lost at times. Plus, they're bombarded with a sort of entertainment and news that you can't tell the two apart. Sometimes it's all intermingled. It's, it's a fantasy kaleidoscope, almost schizophrenic. And they're bombarded with hyper-sexualized things in television all the time. And the culture is gradually being brought down to debasement, like the Frankfurt School said they would do a long time ago. So, and I've gone through all these, the Frankfurt School and other schools too, that were given authority by prime ministers and presidents at the end of World War II to reshape Western culture. And it's been awfully successful. Awfully successful. But there's still fallout, as I say. Massive fallout within society. And when you see societies turn to either drinking themselves to death or, or, or drugging themselves to death, youngsters especially, then something's vastly wrong. Now you'll find this, and it all comes out of the Darwin theories too, because regardless of his, his, his origins of, of, uh, of life and so on, they were certainly right on things he'd already studied long ago, and that was that a declining society, or society that's conquered by a more superior one, for instance, uh, will tend to self-destruct because your whole reason for being is gone, your whole culture is gone uh, everything you expected as a youngster in a tribe for instance like the Indians, American Indians uh, uh, suddenly gone, just vanished you had nothing to look forward to you had no guarantees to look forward to uh, and uh, and everyone was dejected and they can't fit into the, the modern system that's what they, they said a long time ago and if you go into the writings of John Stuart Mills uh, the economist and his son, too, the same name, they went over this very, very topic. And as now it's happening to the first world countries. Back with more after this break. Folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the system, where we are in the system, and the effects of the system. And of course, we've been going through changes our whole lives. Most folks don't really think about the past much. We adapt so fast into the present, into what's coming, and, and then we adapt again and again. We forget how things used to be. Other people have a, a, a kind of Andy of Maybury type of uh, past or childhood idea, the past of where they didn't have responsibility. Their parents are all, all the weary then. And they, they, they're not sure they're going to a fantasy land, go backwards or something, but that never happens. doesn't happen in life. And so the big boys at the top of the sea are managing us on an incredible micro scale now, with our thoughts, our ideas, the opinions that we're given, how we, most people don't even know or think about how they arrive at their conclusions. It's done for you, generally by experts on television, two opposing ones, and you take the, the one that you like best, you're given the, the right opinion. It's generally about the same as the other guy anyway, with a little bit of difference. So it's, it's all managed, you see. Tremendous psychology, behaviorism, neuroscience, and so on, is used daily in all big media, on all of us. And it's done in school too, even the way presentations are given on videos. And when I was small too, I, I noticed it when they first brought in a projector into the classroom. And... Uh, you had a sultry woman's voice talking earnestly uh, and paced 
and then there was music at certain scenes and so on. Some of it was ominous music, other stuff was uh, happy music, and that's how you're given. That, that reinforces the, the particular part of the topic that she's discussing to leave you with a certain impression. These are old, old techniques, and used in Hollywood all the time too, naturally. But um, most folk don't think about what they listen to or they hear. It's the same even with, with even radio or TV, because if you're hooked on news and and bad news at that, you can become neurotic because it's addictive. And the idea being that if you miss today's stuff, news, whatever it is, you might not be able to save yourself. It works the same way as, as when you watch even the, the most terrible horror movie to the end. And you don't look away because uh, the primitive part of the brain is involved in someone trying to survive against some horror. And you're riveted to it. It won't let you look away. Because you project your own survival into the hero or the victim's place, and, and therefore uh, you, you can't look at you don't know how it ends, and everything comes out okay. And it's the same thing with, with you get addicted to today's media, and they terrify you, and so on. And mind you, they want to make sure you turn in again the next day. So we're managed in so many ways that people don't even realize. They don't even realize what's affecting them, and so on. Behavior modification is done. All the time. And any, any new, I mentioned yesterday, for instance, that um, uh, Lord Bertrand Russell uh, put up books on the impact of science on society, for example, where he predicted a lot of what was to come and the changes in society, the fallout and the chaos in society, because he was part of the big think tanks that were planning it, actually, the global think tanks. And um, and they were perfectly aware of what was going to happen as they took down the old cultures, the national cultures, brought in a global society, and how they'd manage it all. Massive job to manage it all as you go through chaos without the public realizing the real problems behind it and what was happening deliberately or being done deliberately by big organizations given the power to bring in uh, this kind of society that they're bringing us into. So... Uh, it goes on and on and on. Now, the fallout, as I say, is Darwinian in the sense that he said a superior or an inferior culture will always succumb and literally annihilate itself in the presence of a superior culture if it cannot adapt. But it's past that stage now because even the so-called superior cultures, which we always thought of as the first world, um, are crumbling as well because uh, the debt can't be paid. It's never intended to be paid off a debt Whenever they say balancing the books and the quarters and so on from any government in the world, they're talking about paying off the interest. If they managed to pay off the interest for that quarter, that was what they meant by balancing the books. The main sum is never touched, you see. It was never intended to because it's all compound interest. It accumulates all the time. And there's lots of sites, there's lots of people been out for 40, 50 years exposing this kind of stuff. And it's well documented. Uh, the whole thing with the Federal Reserve and, and um, even the, cre- the creatures from Jekyll Island. Uh, you can go through Mandel House, his own books, and, and you find out that he said that he did. Actually, he took the credit for drafting up the, the bill that Wilson signed to get in the Federal Reserve. So there's lots of information out there. It's old stuff, repetitive and repetitive, and nothing ever changes. Nothing ever changes. Every country is the same now. So you're left kind of helpless at the end because you know you're under the sway and, and the control of a tremendous power and you have no input into this kind of power at all. At the top two, um, 
beginning in the, the real scientific era when it took off in the 50s, the 1950s. It's good documentaries out there on how everyone was pushing the optimism of science was going to save us all. The first nuclear reactors and so on were, were getting popped up and uh, power was going to be so darn cheap, etc. They never mentioned the dangers of the, the atomic stations or whatever. And nobody thought about it because science was going to find solutions to every problem, even the disposal of it down the road. All of these things uh, were, were awfully optimistic. And at the same time, the post-war countries for um, maybe 20 years had a, a, a kind of boom because they had all the factories set up. And some countries like Canada, for instance, that set up under the war budget to supply munitions and aircraft and, and, and so on. And they ended up being privatized and then... They were producing lots of goods for export and, and for home, home consumption. That's all gone now with the World Trade Organization, and they've deindustrialized us. But they planned in deindustrialization. They wrote about it, the big, the big uh, foundations that were involved in drafting it all up. And, uh, and here we are today, depending on a, what's called a service economy. A service economy where I can remember even in Britain, before the final signing, of what's called the free trade agreement with uh, for for the European Union, it ended up, ended up being what it always was meant to be, which was the amalgamation of all the countries under one super parliament. An old idea. Karl Marx talked about it, and it, it comes to pass. And then they had also signed agreements in Britain and other countries to deindustrialize after the war without telling the public. And, and during the seventies, it really changed for, for the worst. Uh, as as, as this. Companies were closing up or moving out of the country big time. Then it happened later in the U.S., Canada, and other countries when the, when the, the WTO signed the agreement with China and we financed the shipping over of the big companies, American companies, Canadian companies, and so on, to go over and set up in China and become a service economy. Well, back when, as I say, when before they signed the last agreement, lots of economists came out back then and, and they said that a service economy is only meant to last for a certain amount of time. When you have no particular raw ores, etc., going, getting taxed and made to the next step, like the public GST or VAT, value-added tax, for the government to collect, and then to the final product, then the sale. That's all taxation. It's every part of the process. A service economy, really, you're importing stuff, uh, and mainly, and, um, and then you pass it around from store to store until it's bought by the people. So that extra taxation burden that was done on import duties from all the stuff you'd import uh, and from the extra taxes that we'd get on manufacturing from the raw material to the finished product, uh, um, that, that burden gets put onto the, the average taxpayer to pay, because it gets to pay off debt, you see. So everything was worked out back then. And service economies are like, I was, it's like a dog swimming in a pool. And, and it can only swim so long, and if it can't get out of the pool, it's going to drown. And that's how it was alluded to way back uh, many years ago. So we're still in the service economy, and uh, the debts accumulated by uh, a rigid fixed system of banking, private banking, um, you can't get out of it. It was never intended that you can get out of it. Britain only paid off its debt, supposedly. It was in the papers back in the 90s the late 90s, for World War One, Not two, in the Korean War, and all the rest of them. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the system, where we are now in the system, and talking about the effects and the fallout of the system as well. Which, of course, there's nothing surprising to those that plan uh, the direction of the world. Nothing is surprising at all. The think tanks they have are specialized to work on all future problems minutely, like you would never believe. And all, all consequences, opposition groups that may form up, sometimes will even train people to form their own uh, uh, opposition to something they're going to put forward in the future. So it's already made for you to join in your Latin circles, things like that. But part of what I'm talking about Darwin and so on in society has to do with uh, what happens when people feel broken, they have no continuity, continuity between generations. Uh, and no purpose too, and they self-destruct. Now, I've noticed a few articles all come out about the same time on this topic. At least certain things are happening now. One says, teen boy in a serious condition following a choking game. That sounds, you know, just too crazy at the start. But then he says, a teenage boy is in a serious condition in hospital today after taking part in what's known as the choking game. He's in his early teens, was rushed to a hospital, Children's Hospital, and this was in Ireland, I think. The boy is now in a stable but serious condition. Later emerged he'd been involved in a choking game, which is something uh, sometimes practiced by children between 11 and 16 years of age. And speaking on the RTE's Morning Ireland, it says, Temple Street Children's Hospital, Dr. Carson confirmed this was the first known case of the choking or fainting game in Ireland. Apparently it's happening across the world, again through the internet and so on. But it's all from movies too as well, and, and a lot of the pornography they watch, because it all started with pornography and sadomasochism, where people will, will choke themselves or choke their partner to get some kind of high. And now it's catching up, because these children are soaked in this kind of stuff with the internet, and, and they start to copy it to see if they can get a high. He explained that the name is when people engage in activity by either self-strangulation or with a group of friends, by either applying hands to their neck and cutting off the blood supply to the brain by the carotid artery, or by applying a noose or ligature to their neck. Essentially what they're doing is putting a ligature around the neck to the point where they become unconscious, just to that point apparently, and just before they become unconscious they get a euphoric high. Now, this is what they're doing for euphoria. And you'll you find amongst these age groups that they really have uh, high instances of depression because they don't see any future. Uh, they, they, can, they can't get encouragement from their parents because their parents are often in a much better state and unemployment and so on. Uh, or, or temporary jobs or two or three jobs on the go. Uh, and, uh, and they're not happy households. And so they're looking for the euphoria. You found the same thing with American Indians. It still goes on where the children and documentaries are sniffing glue, aircraft glue, the model glue, or also sniffing gasoline. It's a self-destruction. This always sets in. And, uh, and what the big boy is going to do with it? Well, then you look into this article here and it says, more mental disorders amongst the Irish. Now, it's just the Irish. And research finds one-third of young people experience a mental disorder by the age of 13. Now remember, too, they're always reassessing even normal behavior or even 
uh, phases you'll go through is mental illness. According to Freud, remember, everything was sexual. If you just had lots of sex and, and you had a job and you could buy and spend and you were happy, as long as happiness occurred in the brain, all I had to do was to have, make sure you went out for lots of sex and partly you can go happy and had a job and spent and bought things. Crazy, you see. And, uh, and a lot of them are still pushing that same notion today. The same with pharmacology. Uh, if you're unhappy, don't get to the bottom of the problem. Just take these pills, you see. And that was pushed again in the scientific era. That's when it was exploding in the 50s and 60s that, that uh, uh, science was going to, to make you the happiest people in a utopia. And here we are today. And another problem too is so many youngsters that are diagnosed with these fake illnesses, attention deficit disorders and so on, uh, because they can't sit still at school for, and listen through a whole hour of boring stuff they have no interest in. And they want a uniform classroom where everyone sits with their mouth open and, you know, and, and listens to whatever it happens to be. So uniformity is part of the problem. People are not uniform. And the, even the teachers want them to be uniform today as well. They get drugged. When they get drugged, they're told this is to help them. So pills are aware an early age means it's good. You take pills. That's good. And then you find that they start taking any pills they get on the street or they start exchanging their prescribed pills for other prescribed pills. With, with, their, with their other boys, or mainly boys, who are on the same pills or different pills. So this is all interrelated. And it's a report from the College of Surgeons in Ireland released today, World Mental Health Day. And this is the reason they're pushing this stuff out here. Now, World Mental Health Day, don't just say that's oh, some charity thing. Or, no, no, this is from the World Health Organization, the United Nations, that was set up by the private foundations, Royal Institute for International Affairs, to bring in a global order and a uniform society. So, as it indicates that one in three people in Ireland likely to have experienced some form of mental disorder by the age of 13. And it says that people, young Irish people may have higher rates of mental disorder. Report, and it goes through the report again. The rate increased to more than one in two people who had experienced some form of mental disorder by the time they reached the age of 24. Based on international, and here we go again, international evidence. This means that up to one third of Irish adolescents and over one half of young Irish adults are an increased uh, danger of mental health ill health into their adult years. The rates of mental ill health are higher than in other countries to study notes. It doesn't say what the illnesses are. When researchers compared the findings of the number of people who experienced mental disorders from 19 to 24 year olds, in Ireland it's 55% to those for other countries that were similar to figures for the US, 52%, but significantly higher than, than for Germany, which is 39%, and the UK, which is 44%. Now, it all depends on the diagnosis, too. It also depends on how many countries are putting more money into the mental health diagnostic uh, uh, systems to find more problems as well. But you definitely do have more problems because it's an awful age to grow up for anybody if you don't have a stable society, a future to look forward to, uh, optimistic parents and optimistic friends too because their parents are kind of so they, they don't see the future that they used to this is a fallout folks so they call it mental illness you see and they said that uh, they found out that one in 15 young people in both age groups had engaged in deliberate self-harm by the age of 24 years up to one in five young people will experience suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation and researchers identified a number of risk factors associated with the experience of mental ill health amongst the Irish people. They include 
the experience of health, work and relationship stress, family difficulties, the experience of being in an abusive intimate relationship and having a bisexual or homosexual orientation. Well, all of that's been pushed over the years too, pushed to the top. Such as found experience of mental ill health during adolescence is a risk factor for future mental health and substance misuse in young adulthood. Now going back to, again, the end of World War, even before World War II, eugenics was really on a roll. It wasn't just Germany, it was really pushing science and eugenics and uh, the new psychiatry and so on, and, and psychology. Uh, other countries were doing it too, in fact Britain was way ahead of them. And so was the States, who was doing mandatory sterilization on many folk across the U.S. So after the war, they went into different, giving them different names rather than eugenics. But it's back in the paper again that some of the organizations in Britain are back to call themselves eugenicists rather than the new term that they cover it with as bioethicists. It's the same thing. So we find that uh, this is all fallout. It's fallout, folks. Uh, from the system as well through massive changes that society really was never ready for, that they're not, they're not prepared for it. And how can you prepare for gloom and doom? Uh, when literally you're told, and you've been told now since the 70s and 80s, when Maggie Thatcher came out in fact and says, a generation is growing up now who will never see work in their lifetime. Get used to it on national television. So that's a great future, you see. So they, they, they end up looking for any happiness they can get through pills, drugs, parties, and so on, and you end up with lots and lots of problems. And this is a standard effect, but it's happening across the so-called first world countries at a tremendous rate now. As we go down, and uh, the World Trade Organization is taking your tax monies and putting them across to corporations and so-called third world countries, where they're calling the emerging nations now to bring up. And so so you get that there, and, uh, and then I've got this article here, it ties right in with it, because it says... This is, from, this is from the United Nations, by the way. It's called uh, the, the, the Global um, Comprehensive Mental Health Action Plan. This is for the world, folks, if you don't think you're being managed. That's for the year 2013 to 2020. And it's an interesting PDF. I'll put the, all these links up, remember, at cutting3medias.com at the end of the broadcast. But it, it shows you, uh, if you really think, you see, and, and you got to think, just matter what you, you're reading, remember, things are written in guarded ways sometimes, so folks don't really get the point. They get, they get the, 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 the superficial points, uh, but they don't get the real point. You have tremendous organizations working to alter the way we think, behave, and so on. And anybody who's not in the, the mainstream is called, you're, you're, you've got a mental illness. Back with more after this. We're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the system, what's happening in the fallout and so on. And there's a lot more to come, of course, because of tremendous changes. But uh, I go back again to some of the documentaries I've put up in the past and the links to, to eugenicists at the end of World War II who wanted all of society tested and trained into, to be the proper citizen. And they gave speeches in Parliament and so on in Britain and other countries of having the right psychiatry was on a roll. They thought they had the right to go in because they thought all oh, society was mad because of the wars. They didn't mention you're the same guys running the system back then as you do today or, or, or even before then. It's the same big money thing and, and the takeovers of countries for 
for economic uh, wars, basically, and benefits and, and resources. So I'll put all these links up tonight to remember too. And just before I say something else, there's also uh, another link too to do with um, the new agreement they've had at the top to do with um, basically putting the carbon taxes on. A big speech came out today, and I'll put that link up to, uh, on CurryTradingMedias.com at the end of the broadcast so you can go through it. They really want to tax carbon like crazy, uh, and that the woman actually said, the spokesman for the, for the group that's, that's into it uh, and gave it out today, uh, she said that um, they're going to have to really tax them really high to try to dissuade folk from using carbon at all, and she wants all fossil fuel vehicles off the road by 2020. So I'll put that one up today. So it's all on, their whole future is written out. I mean, it really is. It's all planned way ahead of even before you've ever heard about carbon problems or global warming or now it's global cooling and all the rest of the nonsense. It's all to get political and social agendas through. Now, for those who folk have listened for the years, this is the last night I'll be on RBN. And they're having a big shake-up there with guests and so on and hosts. And I was asked to take the weekend slot. Now, you know I've been off for a few weeks, uh, um, Mondays and Fridays, and had repeats on because I've been getting the wood in for the winter. I was short last winter, and it's, weather's been terrible this year too for rain and so on. And what I do here, I have to go through hundreds of articles a day, even for the few I might read on the air. And that's a full-time job. That's from morning till night. And then after the broadcast, I also put up on my own websites. I upload them up so you're finished about two in the morning. And so you have no time five days a week and then into the weekend even for your own life in any way at all to write and so on. And I put a lots and lots of, um, I've got hundreds actually of requests to go on across the world on, on shows. And I haven't, I haven't done any for a year because I didn't have the time to add that on to what I'm doing with RBN. So I'm looking upon this as really an opportunity to catch up, get things done here, and not only just read news articles, because I like to go far, far deeper than the news articles. Anybody can read news articles for you and say, oh, this is terrible, oh, this is awful, there's lots out there doing it. I prefer to go into the histories of it, the techniques of it, uh, and so on, at a much, much deeper level to show you how old these techniques are, things like that. And so I'll be putting up uh, blurbs again too uh, on on cuttingthroughthemetrics.com website. Don't forget that. Uh, maybe I'll have a week off in the meantime to finish off the wood and get some repairs done around this house. It's fallen down. And maybe even get a coat of paint on the truck. The old truck's looking pretty bad. So I need this time as well. So it's worked out that way, I suppose. And as I said, I don't want a weekend show. And uh, I certainly will be able to do an awful lot more of the of the proper stuff really that I really like to do, rather than just go through the news articles and fill in all the bits they omit in the actual articles themselves, where I go into why they're happening and the organisations behind why things are happening, not just the stories themselves. Because it gets kind of tedious for me just to fill in all the gaps for people, although it's, it's helped so many, and I have so many uh, emails every day of folks thanking me for... It's not really waking them up, it's putting things into perspective and making sense of things for the first time. And so I've had a lot of reward out of doing this too. But physically, I'm telling you, I can burn you right down and burn you out because you don't have a normal life in any sense. And on the weekends too, you have so much to do, even to do with uh, the coming week, that you have no, no time for anything else. It really eliminates everything else that you do.
So I hope you'll still look into CareenFreeMusic.com. I know you will actually, and look forward to hear uh, me on as guests uh, on different shows and conversations with different people with different views and different areas that they're into with this whole world system. And and uh, that should be really interesting for a change to get really interesting stuff. Because, as I say, you can read the news every day. And uh, just keep in mind that it's presented without telling you the history behind why the article's appearing, who's behind or the movement behind the article appearing, and what they want to gain out of it. You're being trained all the time, folks, into austerity for one thing, for one thing. And you've been trained into an authoritarian society, as they said at the Club of Rome in the 1970s. And, and, and not to be even concerned with what politicians are up to. They're training you away from that. Just be happy, play yourself, have lots of sex if you're young, and, and, and party, etc. You've been trained to keep out of the things that you're going to, it's going to hit you. Like a ton of bricks down the road if you haven't taken action, got involved, woken yourself up, woken others up. And don't panic over what you know. Uh, don't sound like a screaming maniac when you, you try to relate things to people. Stick with little bits of time. Because it's not many areas you really have to cover. They're very simple. And don't, make, don't get caught up in just today's news. Because the media, as I went through the history of it before, is a cartel. And every media mogul is a member of the CFR. And in Britain, it's the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Every top politician for a hundred years has been a member of this too, regardless of the party they belong to. They're vetted and they're put in. They play the game. And Carl Quigley himself said that in his own book. He should know since he was their personal historian in charge of their archives. So big changes are coming. And uh, I hope to uh, be putting lots of stuff up very shortly. Just keep looking into cuttingthroughmates.com for updates. And I'll let you know. Uh, what I'm up to And I'll put blurbs out too And I'll also uh, Be on lots of guest shows Which I'll have time to upload Because it's, it sometimes takes four hours Just to upload one show So when I'm doing RBN at night Plus reading all the stories during the day And getting back to people It's burned up You don't have time to upload more shows So if I can take at least one every other day um, from From abroad or wherever it happens to be uh, then I'll uh, be able to upload them without burning myself out and get to bed at a decent time at night. And that's what I'm really saying tonight. So for all those that have followed me all these years, uh, I thank you for listening. I hope I've helped. I hope I've helped. I've not sold you um, a bill of goods. I don't mislead you into being addicted to the show, to fear and horror and all that kind of stuff. I don't sell you lots of things to keep you going in the future. I just try to give you the basic understanding, which is more important than anything, of really what's happening, why it's happening, why maybe you feel the way that you do, without knowing why. I'm sure if lots of these youngsters, as I say, I read about tonight, had a happier parents with more of a prospect to look forward to, so would the children. So would the children. As I went back to Maggie Thatcher again, she just said a generation is going to grow up in their lifetime without seeing work, in their whole lifetime. Get used to it. She also opened up all the bar hours across Britain. Used to be closing time about 2 or 2.30 in the afternoon, opened again at 5.30 or so, and then till 11 at night. And she stopped all that. She opened them from all day, saying it's better to have them drinking their welfare checks in the bars 
uh, than out in the streets uh, uh, protesting uh, or, or rioting, she said. And you think you're not being managed. Right down to the education, what you think is education that you get, where you're being standardized into the same opinion on everything by the teacher, group thinking, and you'd be ostracized if you have a different opinion at all, your own opinion, or God help you, you might even get drugged, put up for drugs by a psychiatrist. Rather sad, isn't it? And this has been going on for an awful long time. So uh, go into the archive section, remember, uh, give yourself a darn good history and understanding of the system and how it came to be, of all the organizations, institutions, all their goals, names, and nothing will surprise you. Nothing will surprise you, folks. In fact, what I read on the air is like watching a repeat movie. You've seen it so many times before, and they call it news because you know what's coming every step. From Hamish Massard from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.